Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are into week nine of the NFL season. The Niners have already played. Didn't really get the chance to give them a shout-out uh, prior to this pod, but they played on Thursday Night Football, losing to the Packers uh, a bit under men due to COVID-19 and uh, a couple other things, injuries and everything else in between. But they fell 17-34, to putting their record last place, 4-5. and Rams, they are on a bye, third place, 5-3. and and so you have two upcoming games this Sunday in the NFC West for Week 9, in which second place, Arizona Cardinals, coming off their bye week. They are 5-2, and two, and they are going to be hosting the Miami Dolphins. Um, a tough Miami Dolphins team, which we'll get into, but the Cardinals are favored by 4.5, over under 49. And last, but certainly not least, first place in the division, the Seattle Seahawks. They are atop the West at 6-1. and one. And they are playing the Buffalo Bills. Interesting game. They're going to be at Buffalo. That's a 10 a.m. game in which the Seahawks are favored by three over under 55. So just to recap, Seahawks first, six and one. Second place, Cardinals, five and two. Rams third, five and three. And Niners, four and five in the NFC West as we head into week nine. And... You know, before I go into the NFC West with the matchups at hand, uh, shout out. Woke up this morning on my Saturday to hear some good news. Well, good news for me, maybe not to others, but a big congratulations to Joe Biden for winning presidency for the 46th presidents of the United States. I know it's been going back and forth this past week since Tuesday, and so a little bit of a lovely surprise to come to the news that... uh, Come next year, we will have a new president in the White House. So a big congratulations to Joe Biden and to Kamala Harris for their campaign. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, Before we get into the games at hand that have yet to play on Sunday, uh, thoughts on the Packers-Niners game. Mentioned before, Packers 34, Niners 17. That was a rough one. The Packers were favored by 7. And, you know, it it was just a tough position for the Niners. Not only do they get the news that Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle will be out for an extended period of time, but to make matters even worse, Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, had tested positive earlier in the week. And because of that, going back to contact tracing, they ruled Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, I mean, pretty much the starting receivers and the left tackle for the Niners in their starting lineup, they were deemed out because of contact tracing being very close to Kendrick Bourne. Instead, they were all put on the COVID list. And that happened, like, Wednesday. Like, seriously, the day before the game, that happened. And the NFL didn't do any rescheduling. They didn't flex them to Sunday or anything else like that. And they were, you know... You're the Niners. That's a pretty tough card to play with. Just knowing that, you know, your your players, like the majority of your offense. I think I saw some graphic when I watched Thursday Night Football that 70% of their offense from last year was not playing um, on that Thursday night game. So tough for the Niners. Uh, more advantageous for the Packers. The Packers, they had their own slew of injuries and COVID concerns as well with their running back situation. But, you know, they still have Aaron Rodgers, 
Devontae Adams, and that was pretty much the summary of this game. Devontae Adams balled out. He had, I don't know, like 170 receiving yards, touchdown. Aaron Rodgers had like, what, four, maybe five? Nope, yep, four touchdowns in, in his own right. So it was really tough for, for this Niners team. And, you know, for a team that week in, week out faces more and more injuries, uh, I won't say that their season's over, but I don't think that they're going to be competing like we had initially anticipated going into this 2020 season. So that's all I got to say about those Niners. Let's go ahead and get into the games at hand come Sunday. So let's go ahead and go into the first game in the NFC West in the morning. It's a 10 o'clock game. You have Seattle at Buffalo. They're favored by three over under 55. So you're anticipating a higher scoring game. And I seem to, you know, at first when I look at the Buffalo defense going into this year, I thought that they would be a top tier defense. Uh, good secondary, good front seven, a good pass rush. I put that all into consideration. But as we go into week nine, it's a pretty leaky defense, actually. Um, their secondary, outside of Tredavious White, has struggled against slot receivers. Uh, their their run defense, it's it's okay, middle of the pack. Um, but overall, they've been giving up a lot of points these last couple weeks. Um, ironically, kind of like with the Seahawks now, or now too, Bills were known for defense, Seahawks were known for defense, but it's been their offense that has been really ascending this year in 2020. And a lot of it has to do with Josh Allen, their new receiver, Stefan Diggs. You know, you have John Brown, you have Colt Beasley. All in all, this offense has been a bit of a surprise, and a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play. Kind of similar to, well, the Seahawks letting Russ Cook with his receivers and Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and not really... Depending so much on the run game. Going into this week, Chris Carson is probably going to be out. He's been dealing with a foot sprain. Um, shoot, Carlos Hyde's out again with a hamstring. Travis Homer, he's been, uh, he hasn't been 100. So more likely than not, you're going to have DJ Dallas, a rookie from Miami, Florida, being slated to get the start again for the second straight time. Uh, I, I believe Alex Collins, a former 2016 draft pick by the Seahawks, they, they signed him to the practice squad. They're going to activate him as well. So I guess going back to all of this, um, you know, once again, the Seahawks are going to put the offense on Russell Wilson in this passing game, which I have no problem with. Um, I think that you would like to see more of a balanced approach for the run game. Uh, but up to this point, especially against this Bills defense, the secondary, I don't think that should be necessarily a problem. So going into this week, um, they're coming off a triumphant victory at Seattle against the Niners. A big divisional game, and that was pretty much the DK Metcalf game. He hauled in some really tough catches, um, really took advantage of this Niners secondary. And so you're really seeing, well, there was Tyler Lockett the previous week who had, what, 200 yards, three touchdowns to Metcalf's game against the Niners. But all in all, I mean, these two receivers are arguably the best receiver duo in the entire NFL league. You can make a case for Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, but these guys are balling out and winning football games, more importantly. So with this matchup, I don't think it's going to be like, um, you know, DK Metcalf, he was rather quiet the previous week against the Cardinals. I don't think it's going to be like that. Nor do I see Metcalf necessarily uh, exploding out like he did against the Niners the previous week. 
but I think you'll see him in, in the mix, in the middle. He's got a tougher matchup this week against Tredavis White. He's one of the better man corners on the outside. So kind of similar to what Patrick Peterson did with Metcalf um, a couple weeks ago when uh, they played the Cardinals. I can see Tredavis White having a similar effect on Metcalf. I think he's going to get some play. I don't think it's going to be a complete shutdown, but it's going to be a lot tougher versus the time they played the Niners uh, last Sunday. I think, actually, it's going to be another Tyler Lockett game. Mentioned before, Bills pass defense against slot receivers, stuff in in inside the middle of the field. I think that that is very susceptible for yards after the catch. And, you know, the Bills, they typically play a zone coverage anyways. And what Tyler Lockett does really well, especially with a connection to Russell Wilson, is he tends to find the sweet spots uh, right in between the zone. So, factor in that this run game is probably going to be a bit compromised anyways with DJ Dallas late at the start. Uh, if they take away Metcalf, quote-unquote take away, then I think at the end of the day, this is a game for Tyler Lockett to eat. Um, so that's what I see when the Seahawks have the football. I think that this offensive line has gotten better. Um, it's gotten better the last couple weeks. Actually, for the season, it's actually been pretty good. So I think that uh, you're going to see a, a higher scoring game. I think that Russell Wilson should not have a problem putting points on the board despite being at Buffalo. Now, when the Bills have the ball and the Seahawks are on defense, Josh Allen, mentioned before, he's been an ascending player both as a passer and as a runner. Uh, putting up stats very similar to like a young Cam Newton in regards to running the football off quarterback draws, runs, uh, being a dual threat quarterback. And, you know, this season he's been making completions to his receivers. In previous seasons, he was below 60%. This year he's right there. And a lot of it has to do with Stefan Diggs and his ascension onto his new team for 2020. He's been an excellent, excellent addition for this Bills offense, notably for Josh Allen. He's looked at him quite a bit. So put that all together. Um, once again, I mean, I know that Seattle had a great defensive effort against the Niners. But, you know, Jimmy G was hurt. He came out. Nick Mullins came. You know, they, they allowed some touchdowns at the end to make it closer. So it's not like the Seattle secondary is completely out the clear. Uh, but when you look at Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, some of these receivers, even, even Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, uh, out of the backfield. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I think that the Bills certainly have plenty of playmakers to give the Seattle defense, who's not been particularly well, um, they're going to allow some points as well. I think that, if anything, how you pressure Josh Allen as a runner, you know, that dual threat quarterback ordeal when he scrambles around is going to be a big predicament. And the Seattle defense isn't good, but it could be timely. You know, they don't have to necessarily collect sacks and, and and pressures per se but as long as they bend but don't break and get a couple timely turnovers i think that they could do just enough to turn this game in their favor and what's going to be the x factor well for the first time well not the first time but he's coming back jamal adams jamal adams safety i'm sure you guys know the name it's been a while since i had to pronounce his name because he's been out the last couple of weeks with a hamstring sort of injury and so he is slated to come back and make his debut uh, for the second half of the season 
and where they utilize him, whether they put him out in coverage or, you know, against the run. Uh, notably, just how they use him for pressure situations, too, because uh, prior to his injury, he was, like, hands down their best pass rusher, too. So uh, will he have that same impact uh, when he comes back? Will he have that same impact containing Josh Allen when he runs out? That will be very interesting to see because um, Seattle misses him. Like They paid a huge price for him. They want to see that ROI, that return on their investment. So when I put it into perspective, the Seahawks were favored by three over under 55. I think that you know Buffalo can certainly put up points. But at the same time, can they put up points and go mono Imano against the Seahawks. Tick for tech, I don't think so because I think that Seattle, while their defense isn't as good as the Bills, they will be good enough to pressure Josh Allen and force him to make a mistake or two and give more possessions to Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson has more possessions, more opportunities, more likely than not, I think that he can carve the secondary up despite having a lacking run game again. Um, so overall, Give me the Seahawks. Let's just make it easy. Um, 34-28. 34-28 where they, they pull up top, uh, get a couple of turnovers and a couple extra field goals to seal the deal. So 34-28, Seattle, book it. All right, let's go to the last game of the NFC West. It's a 1 o'clock game. And this is a really intriguing game too because, I mean... Going into the season, you didn't think too much of this Miami Dolphins team. But shoot. They hosted the Rams last week in Tua's debut start as the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. But Tua Tungavailoa did okay, to say the least. But they came out with the win. They beat the Rams 28-17 to in what was more of a defensive effort. Um, this Dolphins offense didn't do... Actually, now that I think about it, they didn't do particularly well against the Rams. I think they only had eight first downs that game. It's probably not going to get the job done on most weeks. But like I said, this Dolphins team overall, uh, they had a, a special teams touchdown. They had a defensive touchdown. This offense is good enough. Uh, but it seems like this is just like a well-coached team. And a, a big credit goes out to head coach Brian Flores for really just surprising a, a lot of pundits, myself included, for this year. When the Dolphins annihilated the Niners a couple weeks back. Everyone was completely taken aback by it, but uh, based off that victory, the victory against the Rams, and just some other really tough games this season, um, yeah, they're going to be an interesting team, which is why uh, when you look at this matchup, the Cardinals are favored by 4.5, over under 49. So I'm really intrigued to see what this Cardinals defense is going to do for Tua's second career start. Uh, didn't do so hot against the Rams. Came out with the win. So are they slowly taking out the training wheels? I mean, what to expect from this Miami Dolphins offense? It's worth knowing that Miles Gaskins is going to be out. He's He actually got placed on short-term IR. Uh, he's out with an injury, which means I don't know who's going to be at the running back. It's going to be either what Laird, uh, Jordan Howard. I, I don't really know who's going to be quote-unquote, the bell cow for the run game. Uh, but you still have plenty of good receiving options in Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Jaseski, even, even Adam Shaheen, the second tight end. Um, but 
will that matter for this Cardinals defense? Um, this Cardinals defense, it's been okay. Uh, middle of the pack. Uh, obviously, they did an excellent job um, shutting down DK Metcalf with Patrick Peterson. But at the same time, too, they beat the Seahawks the previous week going into the bye. And they gave up like 30-something points. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, an okay defense, which makes me think it's a really interesting quarterback matchup between former Heisman Trophy winners in Kyler Murray and Tua Tungavailoa. Outstanding quarterback matchup on paper. And I'm really intrigued to see what we get out of Tua for his second game. Um, I think that's the kind of mystique that we get from it. I mean, overall, I think that... And it's surprising to say, I think overall, the Dolphins, in regards to all three phases, have a more balanced approach. Uh, Not necessarily their offense, but I mean, their defense and their special teams, um, very, very polished. And so it does make me wonder about the Cardinals covering this four and a half. Uh, I think that when the Cardinals do have the football, they need to be mindful of the Dolphins' pass defense, um, notably Byron Jones. That should be a really good matchup, DeAndre Hopkins versus Byron Jones. Um, all, all in all, um, I think it's just a matter of execution for the Cardinals. I think that they have the better offense, certainly. But I think at the same time, too, this Miami Dolphins' defense is surprisingly good. Surprisingly good in the sense that you hope that Kyler Murray doesn't get too... Um, too loose, I guess. I, I just hope that Kyler Murray doesn't make a mistake or two that's really going to cost him because uh, last week against the Rams, the Dolphins brought a lot of pressure on Jared Goff and put him into some really tough situations. And so could that happen again against Kyler Murray? Uh, I don't know. Kyler Murray is a, a much, much more mobile quarterback than Jared Goff. But this Dolphins defense did a number on the Rams. And I was really taken aback. I did not see that coming. Uh, they... Completely had Jared Goff's number all throughout the game. And he threw some lame, lame duck throws. Not saying Kyler Murray is Jared Goff by any means, but I'm just saying it's going to be... It might be a tougher matchup than I had originally anticipated just because of the work that I've seen from this Miami Dolphins defense. Um, Chase Edmonds, he should be slated to be the feature back this week as Kenyon Drake recovers for his ankle injury. Thankfully, from what I understand, the Drake ankle injury isn't as bad as initially anticipated. So hopefully they'll get Kenyon Drake sooner than later. But I have full faith in Chase Edmonds. He looks really good in his limited span this year uh, when he does get the ball in his hands. And he was a big part of the Cardinals beating the Seahawks. He had some really tough yards after the catch out the backfield as a receiver too. So... Um, shout out for Chase, Chase Edmonds. I think that if you have him for fantasy football, I mean, by all means, go ahead and fire him up against this Dolphins defense. It should be really good for fantasy football. Um, okay, so when we look at the Dolphins, when they're on the field and they have the football, and when the Cardinals are on defense, well, on one hand, Tua's body of work is not much. Like, seriously, there's not much film on him. And... What you saw against the Rams, it might be encouraging, but at the same time, too, uh, Tua is still coming into his own. So there is that wild card aspect into what you're going to see out of Tua in his second start and what he's going to provide for this offense. Uh, But at the same time, too, I mean, uh, yeah, I just, if you're going to do Kyler Murray as of right now against Tua in his second career start, 
I'm going to go with Kyler Murray every freaking time just because Tua, while he is promising, um, he's not there quite yet. Uh, and I feel that this offense, notably their run game, is compromised because Miles Gaskins is out. So they're going to have a platoon of running backs. And I don't know if one or the other, whether it's Jordan Howard or Philip Laird or what have you, is going to be any any much better to improve the run game. So if you put it back on Tua, I don't know. Uh, Devontae Parker, great receiver. Preston Williams, great receiver as well. Uh, some really good weapons to work with. But I don't know if Tua is quite there yet uh, to deliver and go tick for tack against Kyler Murray in this offense. And so I don't really have any particulars for this Miami Dolphins offense to keep in mind for when the Cardinals are on defense, just because there's so many different unknowns at this point in time. But I think overall, um, is is Tua going to outduel Kyler Murray? No. Like, straight up no. The Dolphins do a great job generating pressure, and you've obviously seen it the last couple weeks, but... Kyler Murray is a different sort of quarterback. He is not Jared Goff. I just want to repeat that again. He is not Jared Goff. Uh, and I think that is going to be to their advantage. So having said that, Kyler Murray does just enough wiggle. Um, will they cover the four and a half? You know, I don't know about that. I think it might be a, a, a closer game, but I'm not going to put money on it. Um, I still feel that the Cardinals do win in convincing fashion until I see a little bit more out of Tua, which is, you know, it's, it's just like a keep telling you guys it's too early to say about two in this offense but go ahead and give me the cardinals 27 um tw- no, let's do like 27 20 27 20 it's a competitive game uh i think that this might be uh defense and special teams like they'll, they'll keep them in the mix but Colin murray does just enough to come out with the victory all right so just to sum it up i have seattle over the bills 34 to 28 and the Cardinals, 27-20. to 20. Uh, The Rams are on their bye week. The Niners, they just lost to the Packers. And so that's what it is for week nine in the NFL season for the NFC West. Once again, appreciate you guys checking out the pod, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes. You can also check it out at Just The West on Twitter, at Just The West on Instagram, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Have a great weekend, guys, and win or lose, despite your feelings about the presidential election, for those that voted this year, thank you for doing your civic duty. Once again, I'm Just the West, and we are out here. We out here. Peace.